0: You would obviously expect that when the Torah describes the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, it's going to tell us about his virtues. So it is surprising that the Torah uses that opportunity to speak about the greatness of Aaron. Unless... That in itself tells us about Moshe's greatness. So let's observe the differences. In the Torah describes the difference between how the Jewish people mourned the passing of Moshe and the passing of Aaron. With Aaron it says that the entire Jewish nation cried. Yet with Moshe it says only the men cried. There are two explanations. The first is less known, the second is better known. The first explanation is Aleph kashan and Aaron. When Aaron passed away, Haram al Aaron because Moshe was crying and mourning over Aaron, Everybody was impacted by Moshe's emotion and that brought them to a state of great emotion as well and they cried for Aaron. Mrs. Moshe, whereas after Moshe Abenin passed away, there was nobody of the caliber of Moshe Abenin who was crying in the morning, so only the men were caught up in the morning and cried. That's the one lesser known explanation, the one that we're much more familiar with is Beis. that when Moshe passed away only the men cried. unlike Aaron, she, because Aaron Akoin would run around creating peace between people who were in conflict, including husbands and wives. Therefore, therefore, when he passed away, the women felt a loss as well, and they also mourned his passing. So, it actually seems like these are two contradictory explanations. Because the first explanation indicates according to the first explanation, the fact that by Moshe, only the men mourned and not the women as they did for Aaron, that actually expresses the greatness of Moshe. That Moshe did not leave a successor who was as great as he was, who could invoke this this terrific mourning from the entire Jewish community. So that's accolade to Moshe whereas the second explanation Adar says what appears to be the opposite the same emphasis in the Torah that only the men mourned when Moshe passed away that when Moshe passed away you don't feel the same loss because he didn't bring the same degree of peace between people as Aaron did that actually sounds like a little bit of a, a criticism of Moshe and that's surprising with Tamu. Moving a parasha it, it's self-understood and simple to understand. Sha'a parasha, the parasha that describes the passing of Moshe, himokim matim letir of dafka, is the parasha that should eulogize and that should speak about his virtues. Look at the context. The other psukim around this all speak up Moshe's greatness. His eyes never no prophet would ever parallel him. All the miracles that he did, and the great strength that he showed taking the Yiddin Adam Mitzrayim, et etc. So here we're talking about Moshe's greatness as is appropriate when he passes away. How does it fit in this context to now emphasize Why would this be the place where we say despite all of that Moshe does not have that greatness of bringing peace to the same extent that Aaron did. seems like the wrong place to be critical of Moshe. When you look at how Rashi tells us this particular view, the way Rashi words it seems even more incredibly strange. Let's have a look at how Rashi says it. He says, The fact that it says "Bnei not kol b'Yisrael," "Bnei Yisrael" means it was the men who mourned for Moshe. Aaron, whereas with because Aaron ran around bringing peace between people between colleagues and between husbands and wives there the Torah emphasizes that the entire Jewish community meaning men and women mourned over Aaron when you think about it Rashi's positioning of the statement doesn't really make sense on the face of it Rashi wants to address the issue how come by Aaron the whole nation mourns and by Moshe only the men if that's what Rashi wanted to tell us, Rashi should have started with that detail, that when it says Bnei in the context of Moshe, that's referring to the men, and he should have told us the detail, that were Aaron, it's called Bnei which is men and women, and then tell us why that is, because Aaron pursued peace. That's what it should have said. But Rashi does not do that. The fact that Rashi starts off by describing what was unique about Aaron bringing peace between people, and in a lot of detail, will be stuck with Aaron, especially when you consider that Rashi has already told us this information when Aaron passed away. Why is Rashi repeating it? It's clearly that Rashi is not only telling us how we know that here with regards to Moshe it's only the men who mourned. But Rashi is clearly highlighting an element of greatness that Aaron has that Moshe did not have in this arena of bringing peace between people. And that's really strange Why would Rashi see it fit That in this context Speaking about the passing of Moshe To emphasize in great detail Something which seems to discredit Moshe Compared to Aaron Sounds like the wrong place Now you might suggest Well that's because there's a lesson to learn Don't Make that suggestion Don't think that Because Moshe Rabbein Is such a great person The Torah has to let us know That in this particular area Bringing peace between people And showing and exhibiting love That we should be We shouldn't be willing To satisfy ourselves To say I'll do as great As Moshe did Because Moshe is the greatest person Who lived But actually we should be Learning from Aaron Great lesson, important lesson, but not the place. You don't teach a lesson that seems to discredit somebody at the time when you're, so to speak, eulogizing or paying tribute to that person. Which forces us to appreciate when the Torah is telling us and when Rashi is explaining to us what we have to learn from Moshe's passing, we have to, as we'll see soon, we have to know the difference between Moshe and Aaron. It's important for us when we appreciate who Moshe was. To appreciate who Moshe was, we also have to know that advantage and edge that Aaron had over Moshe in this particular area. And that's why the Torah is the one that illustrates to us over here. That was the men who mourned for Moshe's loss. To which Rashi then explains and reveals to us that the Torah is the one that is highlighting for us an area in which Aaron excels more than Moshe. That it's here in the context of acknowledging Moshe's passing and greatness this is where we have to know and Aaron's greatness in this particular area of bringing peace between people and husbands and wives and the question is why? Well to understand that We'll first have to understand how come it is how come we don't find any reference in any of our classical writings why do we find nothing about Moshe bringing peace between people? How come it's something which is only emphasized about Aaron and that almost could lead us to believe that it didn't exist in Moshe's context which cannot be true. Obviously Moshe did not lack in Aves Israel. In fact, we can prove that Moshe was one of the greatest lovers of the Jewish people. The expression is that Moshe was a lover of the Jewish people. He was the faithful shepherd looking after the entire nation as a whole. And each individual. He was somebody who was concerned about everything that they needed, be it spiritual or physical. Heyin Look from a spiritual perspective. Moshe Rabbeinu took the time to personally learn Torah with the entire Jewish people. Not only the practical, legal side of Judaism, that everybody had to know, to know what you're supposed to do do as a Jewish person, and what you're supposed to avoid as a Jewish person. But he even delved into the machinations of understanding how Judaism and Torah works which was information originally only shared with Moshe and with his immediate family and he was incredibly generous sharing that with the Jewish people why? because he did love the Jewish people and he didn't only love them in a spiritual context took care of all their physical needs the fact that they had food to eat the miraculous mon in the desert was thanks to Moshe and even the other things that they originally received in the merit of, Mo- of Aaron and Miriam, like the protective clouds and the water source, after, Moshe, uh, after Miriam and Aaron passed away and those assets disappeared, <laughs> Moshe was able to bring them back. So In other words, he cared for their physical needs as well. So Moshe had tremendous service Israel. Why then don't we talk about him bringing peace between people as we do about Aaron? who The reason is Because of who Moshe was And because of what Moshe's role was He needed to activate Arvizizol And to practice Arvizizol, And the concept of bringing peace between people In a way that was completely different To how Aaron did Why? For the following reason We know very well that the methodology that Aaron used to bring peace between people, Amir Chazal, the Gemara tells us, in order to facilitate the bringing together of people who were in conflict so that they should have peace, sometimes Aaron would say things that weren't absolutely 100% accurate. That person really wants to forgive you. It's something the Torah allows and it's something the Torah endorses the Gemara tells us that we are permitted to somehow blur the truth when it's going to bring peace obviously we're not allowed to lie but we're allowed to you know, say things in a way that is euphemistic that doesn't work in the world of Moshe Rabbeinu because Midossi Midossi. Moshe Rabbeinu is the epitome of integrity and truth with a capital T so Moshe Rabbeinu can bring peace between people but he cannot do so in a way that in any sense compromises the truth even though it is Torah that allows us license to be able to stretch the truth in order to bring people together and and Torah is the ultimate truth so surely that's okay Elsewhere, the Rebbe points out that the Chazal tell us up here that it's We're only allowed to euphemize or exaggerate or stretch the truth a little bit. But there's no room for outright dishonesty because that would be against the Torah. Still, the fact is, it would still mean that we're not showing truth as truth is that would not be something which is appropriate for a person whose entire being and their whole shlichas in life is absolute truth so Moshe cannot do that this is an approach to Judaism which belongs to Aaron whose primary attribute is kindness and benevolence and generosity and compromise and not from Moshe When Moshe teaches the yin in Torah, He teaches everything that the Torah has to say. Which also includes this particular directive, that for the sake of peace you can actually change things up a little bit. But when it comes to how he personally behaves. who That's about who Moshe is, not just what Moshe shares and teaches. And so this is something which is part and parcel of his unique mission in this world. In it's like, there's no room for something which isn't absolute, undiluted truth. And we can even take it one step further.. From Moshe's perspective, Moshe is at such an elevated position that he is actually not able to lower himself into the world of people who are so off the reservation that the only way you can help them to achieve peace in their life is by fudging the truth. Moshe can't relate to that. Aaron can. Now the fact that Aaron's approach and Moshe's approach are both absolutely in line with the values of Torah. Then each one must have an advantage over the other. he The greatness of Moshe's absolute integrity, true north. There is no veering at any point of that true north. Truth is truth, always. Yet Aaron has the advantage The value of Aaron's approach is it allows you access to those people who are so far from the truth that the only way you can bring them back in line is by blurring the truth. Now that we have this information that there are two acceptable, authentic approaches within Judaism, each which has an advantage over the other, now we can appreciate why it is that when Moshe passes away, we're suddenly talking about the value and virtue of Aaron. Because you may chai Moshe as long as Moshe is living and active, fulfilling his unique mission in this world. He was completely immersed in his type of avoider that Hashem expected of him. And that means he was completely immersed in his mission, which is keep everything with absolute truth and integrity. But now we're at a different phase of Moshe's life. It's the moment in his life when he ascends Mount Nevoi which means he has now completed his shlichus and he's preparing to ascend on high now is a time where he can acknowledge the value of Aaron previously he couldn't previously my shlichus requires absolute integrity there's no room for Aaron's approach but now at the end of his life he can actually look back and say and Aaron has tremendous value too because he can bring peace to every Jew which Moshe cannot and this realization at that particular point in life is similar to another Gemara that we know of we know the explanation given about why Rabbi ben Zakeh, the Gemara tells us that only just before he passed away then he said I actually don't know which path I'm going to follow after passing which raises a very obvious question How is it possible? How is it possible? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who was a great person amongst very, very great people, the Tanoim? There are many places in the Gemara that speak up the greatness of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. There's no question that he was absolutely pedantic never to do an Avera and to do every mitzvah in the best way possible. How is it then possible how could he have even had a dilemma is he going to Gan Eden or the other place how is that even an option the answer that's given is simple yes Rabbi Yechon knew with absolute certainty that whatever you could see about a person in terms of how they think in terms of how they feel in terms of how they behave was all absolutely pristine and exactly how the Eibishton wanted it but Rabbi question is, did I do enough to activate the full value of the essence of Vanu which is not so easy to detect and to identify. It's beyond what can be seen and can be measured. Okay. There's still a question. Or yet they if Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar is uncertain about whether he had expressed the full force of the essence of his neshama therefore is he in the realm of holiness or something else Why did it only bother him now? Why didn't it bother him his whole life? This is obviously something that he could have considered any time that he sat down to do a personal introspection, whether that would be in the month of Elul, whether it would be at night, when he did the bedtime Shmai, etc. So one of the explanations goes as follows. During the course of his lifetime Rabbi was so involved In actually fulfilling what the Ebesheh expected of him Which is To learn Torah and specifically to teach Torah He didn't have the luxury of reflecting on Where am I holding? When you're playing the game You cannot watch the scoreboard he didn't have the opportunity to analyze whether or not he had expressed the full force of the essence of his being but at the end when he's about to pass away where he's now completed his work so they've blown the final whistle now you can look at the scoreboard now you could start to work out well have I achieved as much as I should have a similar thing happens over here to Moshe Rabbeinu specifically because Moshe is now close to his passing. Moshe has now completed his active duty in this world. Now is the time for him to contemplate What's the difference between the type of Avoida I did And the type of Avoida that Aaron did Now for the first time Moshe Rabbein is able to recognize the value that Aaron could achieve That his Avoida did not achieve And wasn't intended to achieve That's why the Torah which is Moshe's Torah expresses it in this particular way. Davka, the parts of the Torah that are describing Moshe and his greatness, is also the part of the Torah that's describing Aaron's greatness. Because now now's the time that Moshe is reflecting on, wow, Aaron achieved something that I wasn't able to achieve because it's not part of my avoider. Now that's not absolutely clear yet. It's still not a sufficient explanation. Think about it. If Moshe is the ultimate representation of truth and integrity, what's the difference? Which phase of life is at? Surely there's no difference between when Moshe is here on earth, fulfilling his mission, versus when he is about to give his neshama back to Hashem. Truth doesn't waver wherever whenever whichever stage Moshe is at his reality is absolute truth and that's never going to waver or change why then would there be a logical reason to assume that Moshe should suddenly become conscious of and value Aaron's avoider at this particular point in his life so the explanation will depend on a concept that we understand in Chassidus, which is Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron HaKohen effectively represent two different dynamics of spiritual energy and because of those two different dynamics, that's why at this point in Moshe's life, where effectively his dynamic is shifting somewhat, he's recognizing Aaron the fact that Moshe now is about to pass away is not just that he is like any other human about to pass away that his neshama will leave his body the primary aspect of Moshe his neshama is not just leaving the body but moving to a higher dimension his neshama will now achieve a superior experience to what it was able to experience while in the body. As Chassidus explains the Pasuk when it tells us which was the mountain that Moshe Abedin was told to ascend in order to leave this world. Nevoi says Chassidus Nevoi means boy, that the 50th dimension had now become part of his reality as long as Moshe was living in this world Moshe was able to achieve what no human can typically achieve 49 levels of absolute understanding of Torah and of Ebeshter but not the 50th level because that's a quantum leap but when he achieved the day of leaving this world where all of his avoida came to its Climax and fruition Then he was able to access Nun Boy, The 50th dimension Which is an exponentially higher level Became real to him Boy, part of him That's actually the deeper meaning Of what it means That he ascended the mountain In The dynamic of Moshe's energy Is really all about Ham'shochom milmaile Moshe's primary focus Is the force of bringing The highest divine Revelation down into the human experience teaching us Torah bringing down Torah from Sinai Moshe Kippur Torah sharing prophecy with us He's constantly the dynamic of higher to lower and that's why it's called Shushbina DeMalka the so-called escort of the king escorting Hashem into this world that's why he's the one who brings Torah into the world Moshe Torah he receives and transmits the Torah to us now that's the opposite dynamic of Aaron. Aaron Aaron's goal is to be the escort of the queen, which is the Jewish people. His job is not only to light, but to elevate the, 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 the lights of the menorah, which represent the various aneris, As the Pasek says, you should elevate the, the neiros. Until they have this independent capacity to be able to rise up towards Hashem which means spiritually that Aaron's primary goal is to elevate the Nishamas, which are compared to candles that they should be elevated towards Moshe is bringing the down into the world Aaron is lifting the, the Nishamas towards the now Moshe Aben is on the day of his passing he now supersedes his own natural level and dynamic now Moshe has the value that Aaron normally has elevating lifting Moshe is going upward and with that he's lifting the world with him and by the way this is why this is the time he gets the 50th dimension. So, as long as Moshe is going through his regular voida, where everything that Moshe Rabbeinu is doing is within the gambit of who Moshe is and what he represents. At that stage, Moshe Rabbeinu has all of the 49 levels of Bina, which is a massive achievement, and yet only the 49 levels of Bina because it's that mega level missing. 49 is a number that really represents the parameters of our finite world. 49 is 7 multiplied by 7 which is Shivasi Binyan representative of the 7 days of construction of the world. So it's the dynamic of the world. But when Moshe now starts to ascend Ali Migdorov He's now ascending and superseding. He's breaking out of his own massive, highly elevated, highly developed spirituality. which means that Moshe is no longer constrained by his own holiness, which is the holiness of, of truth, of integrity. Dahayin Bekabam Moshe is no longer constrained by only being the one who brings godliness into the world. He now innovates a whole new methodology, a whole new dynamic of lifting. That's why at this point Moshe Rabbeinu is able to access the 50th dimension because it is beyond all constraints, beyond all levels, beyond all frameworks. With that information, we can appreciate the distinction between Aaron and Moshe in terms of bringing peace and why it is that Aaron's greatness is emphasized at the time of Moshe leaving this world. Seeing at the time Moshe is going to leave the world, he has now changed the dynamic and is living with an Aaron dynamic of lifting himself and the world. That's when Moshe recognizes the greatness of what Aaron achieved consistently, bringing Yidin together, and of course, that way, elevating those Yidin. And all of this gives us another angle and insight into the greatness of Moshe's love for his fellow Yidin. These psukim which describe Moshe leaving this world. Moshe Habeinu himself tells us Like everything else Moshe tells us Inspired by Hashem Aaron's greatness And he highlights Aaron's greatness Why does he do that? That we should appreciate How far the extent of Ava Yisrael is Both in its broadness, its breadth And in its depth Moshe is telling us his own Avas Yisroel was spectacular and nonetheless, No doubt, Moshe consistently, like in every other area of his life, obviously grew and elevated himself more so spiritually throughout his life. So his Avas Yisroel grew through the course of his lifetime. As every other spiritual and holy part of his life grew through his lifetime. And says, and still not good enough. He's telling us that we have to follow Aaron's example That we have to pursue peace And we have to do everything in our power To bring peace to all people Who are in conflicted and, even, and including couples who are God forbid conflicted And even people who are not in a place That they can hear truth We have to help them to that's Moshe Rabbeinu's message, and it's a, a great take-home message for us. And Mr. Hashem, through that kind of advice, Yisrael will be able to bring the Gula Shlemer now.